0: It's time for the 32081 Scoreboard Show. Let's recap the latest weekly scores and highlights from around the county.
1: And that's right. I'm the Todd. And as always, joining me right here on the 32081 Scoreboard Show is Mr. Anthony Richards from the Ponte Recorder. Anthony, how are you doing tonight?
0: I'm doing great, Todd. Ready for some uh, playoff playoff time. You know?
1: <laughs> well, we got a couple playoffs going on here. We're going to yeah, talk yeah. about it in just a second. But um, first of all, I want to make sure everyone is aware. A very nice young lady, uh, Lily Strohmeyer, was injured in an accident earlier this year. And the Palm Valley Academy Bobcats Cheerleaders are pairing up with Hybrid Cheer. It's just right around the corner here from Nocatee. And they're going to be doing a fundraiser where the proceeds go to help out the Strohmeyers. That's November 19th. Uh, be sure to go check out PVA. That's Palm Valley Academy, Bobcats Cheerleaders. They're on Instagram. They're on Facebook. Taylor Beamer does a great job with that program. And if you have someone that would like to uh, get their tumbling, cheer skills, stunting, uh, it might be a great open gym and it goes to a great cause. The other thing, Anthony, is a lot of these uh, young men that are playing for Ponte Vedra, Creekside, uh, Nice, they all got their, st- their, their, their start in uh, St. John's County Middle School football. So I was uh, talking to Shannon Pfeiffer, who's one of the commissioners for football. And he was telling me that this Wednesday, November 8th, starting at five o'clock, Murray is going to be taken on gamble. And then at seven Pine Island Academy, only in their second year, Pine Island is going to be taken on Patriot Oaks. And those two games are happening at Menendez. And then at Bartram at five, Pasetti is going to be taken on Swiss point and VRA and milk Creek clash at seven o'clock. So, there's going to be some good football players out there that we hopefully will see on a Friday night like we have coming up in the playoffs
0: this week. Nice. Yeah, I'm sure that a lot of the varsity coaches will be paying attention because those are guys that will be uh, coming down the pipeline in well, the next couple of years.
1: You know what's funny is that when they have them at the, the high schools, because some of the middle school games get played at the high schools during the year, <laughs> you kind of <laughs> see the coaching staff kind of just hang around after their practice, <laughs> check things out a little bit, you know, which is kind of yeah. cool. It's really cool for the middle school kids and it helps the high school programs out too. Oh, yeah. So... Let's start, you know what? Let's save the doozy for last. Let's start with the, the Creekside Ponte game. Okay. I'm going to save these for later because uh, district champions right there. We'll, we'll, we'll wrap up with them after this game, but um talking about Ponte Creekside. I know you and I were texting about this d- over the weekend and today about it. Um, where did Creekside's defense come from and where have they been all year?
0: Yeah, I know. Yeah. It seems like maybe they've, uh, they finally found, found something out, you know, found that consistency they've been looking for and, uh, I mean, it's perfect time, right? You know, in playoff time. And you know, the defense, you know, wins championships. They say so. I mean, if they've they've already, you know, we know how good their offense is. If they've got just, you know, little cases of where the defense can can grab that consist- consistency and you know, not throw their offense, you know, back out on the field. And you know, it's 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 going to be a might might mean some good things for them, you know, especially playoff time.
1: But here's here's what was interesting to me. They only allowed Pontevedra 21 points. They scored 26. It came down to the end. Okay, which it seems to mm-hmm. be that's what we all want to do here in St. Johns County, right? Let's just take it down to yeah. the last minute. Um, you know, with all these games that we have going on, but we knew, I, I'm not surprised, are you Anthony, that the the Ponadavindra uh, defense was able to hold Sean Ashenfelder in the offense to 26 points cuz they we've talked about. It. They put up a ton of points, but they also give up a lot of points. It had to be a shootout. I wasn't really shocked by the defense. The defense played really good against this Creekside team that has a really—I mean, their offense is kind of high-powered, and they kept them in check.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah. Pomodoro's defense—I mean, they've been doing that all year, and uh, it's—you it's, know—still no surprise when they do it. They—they—you know—if you score thirty points on them, that's—you—you—you know, got to remember that game because it doesn't happen very often. And so, uh, I, I figured they would be able to slow Creekside down. I just figured, uh, you know, Pomodoro with their offense, the way it can click, that they would be able to—you know—just pretty much kind of. You know, handle business and eventually, you know, pull the game away there in the second half. But uh, no, Creekside hung tough. Um, you know, give it to them. I, I you know, they their playoff uh, playoff hosts for both teams were on the line. Sometimes that that brings it out of you. You know, that, that you find something that you know you've been looking for all year, but now you know, like you're truly your playoff life is on the line, and and uh, you lay it all out, and some good things happen. Did you feel I caught that game on?
1: Um... And oh, geez, I always get the acronym backwards. NFHS is what. Oh, there we go. It seemed like to me, <clears throat> Brian Case did a good job running the ball, Ben Burke as well. But it seemed like uh, there was just something that seemed like Coach McGuire over at Creekside that was was doing that just was kind of confusing the Pontevedra offense and not getting them, allowing them to get into a rhythm. To me, that's what it looked like mm-hmm. to me. It wasn't. It, it wasn't that Pontevedra played bad. It not at all. It's just like they couldn't play their style of football. Maybe I'm wrong, but that's just what it looked like to me.
0: Yeah, and I'm and, and again, like also going towards you know the defense kind of for Creekside really sh- you know kind of finally you know showing out. You know, uh, it it might be just be that they're, they're you know PB is a a good matchup for them. You know, like maybe that maybe you know they make life a little difficult for PB because their, you know their, their style of play just matches what PB wants to do. Um, you know, some teams are, they're just like that. You know, some teams you just can't. It's like, why can't we beat this team? You know, we, we control all the games, and then this team, for some reason, gives us trouble. So that it may be, it may be that's, that's the case, and that's why the defense, uh, you know, stood up so much, and it kind of stood out for Creekside is because maybe they just match up favorably with what PV wants to do. Sometimes it just falls that way. Now,
1: as you said, Creekside was trying to get into the playoffs. Well, they're in the playoffs, and they're playing Ponte Vita. They're, we're just <laughs> flipping the side of US 1. So, going into this, here comes Ponte We've been talking about them all season being like, this is business. We're going into business, whatever. They lost to Nice, which is a heartbreaker. They lose to Creekside, which is a heartbreaker. But now they're coming back home. Do you think this is a rut they have to get out of? Or do you think it's something they say, okay, now it's the playoffs. It's zero, you know, oh, oh, nobody's up. We just got to win and play our game. Do you think? this actually will help Ponte Vedra turn it around, or is there a risk that they could be down from this two-game losing streak and possibly see Creekside come in for a victory?
0: Yeah, I think, uh, I mean, obviously, you know, they're probably, they, you know, they're they're kind of wondering, oh. you know, searching, you know, because, I mean, they really they haven't lost two games in a row all year, and now, now it comes at, like, in the right. most crucial time of the year. So they probably, you know, do it a little uh, reassessing, kind of just looking inside, thinking, you know, what can I do better, you know, as an individual player, or what can we do better as a unit? Uh, so you kind of you know go go back to the drawing board a little bit. You, know, you don't have to fully you know start over because you know it's not that bad. But but the, you know the, the playoffs do kind of it's a new season. You know I mean it is it's the second season, so it's kind of yeah. you're, you're at zero and zero. You're ready to just you know wipe the slate clean. You know and it also helps that, I think that they play Creekside again because no matter what level it, it's tough to beat a team twice. You know yeah, <laughs> it, it, just, it just just is. ask the Jaguars uh, right
1: it, trying to beat the Titans three times that one yeah. You know it, it, it's very yeah tough. exactly
0: like just the odds you know history tells that that second meeting the team that lost the first time actually does kind of have a unique advantage and plus they're playing at home as well so that you know the sharks have that going for them this time so i i think i mean i would i would definitely favor the sharks just because of all all that
1: and the one thing that i i found interesting when looking at the stats though it seemed like to me the difference in th- this game, and actually against Nice too, was that when you look at it, Nice was really able to keep their rushing game um, intact. With I think Nice allowed somewhere around like one sixteen, and Creekside allowed one twenty eight. Other than that, they were they, they were pretty much close to two hundred, uh, except for the first game. Sorry, Bartlesville held them to hundred. But Brian Case is an excellent running back, and, I, and you know Ben Burke obviously with his feet too. Do you see them really trying to bust open that running game compared, I mean, I've always talked about that they've got these great receivers, but going up against Creekside, if they can somehow solve what Creekside was, how Creekside was able to hold them to that number rushing, that possibly they try to go back to that. I mean, if they can get back to that, it seems like they're more balanced and then Brian Case just goes on a tear. I can see that happening because yeah, he's okay. just ready to break out any time.
0: Yeah, definitely. I mean, Brian, it's hard to keep Brian down, you know, for long. It it's really doesn't happen at all. It's hard know? to keep him <laughs> so, yeah. down. It's hard to get him down to begin yeah, with. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because he, I mean, he <laughs> runs with, you know, just this intensity, you know, that just certain backs do, and he's one of the, he's one of them, you know, locally that runs with that. It's like every time he gets the ball, he's looking to, he's one of those guys that falls forward, you know. He's You stop him for a three-yard gain, he ends up getting six because he always falls, like, for those extra two or three yards. He's never You're never hardly dropping him for a loss. Uh, so, I mean, it, you know. I'm sure pound will go straight to that because, you know, the balance, it comes, you know, in the passing game and all, it comes from the running game. It starts because of play action, you know, sucking the defense in and then Burke can kind of, you know, throw over the top and uses, you know, the speedy receivers can get by the secondary. So it starts and ends with Brian and the offensive line, you know, creating those holes for him to run through. So uh, yeah, they're, I, it's their bread and butter. So I would, I, I truly believe they're going to go straight back to it and just, you know, hoping that it's a different outcome and, to find more success like they have all year
1: all right so now let's go over and talk about nice two and eight last year Anthony they're now seven and three district champions the first time since 2007 they do it with a, a younger defense in my opinion they just they something something changed in the Fletcher game they at that halftime they mm-hmm. something's just flipped I don't know what it is but they came out on a tear. And when they played to you know, they, they come away with a 47 27 victory. Actually, it's probably more like 20 because that last touchdown was scored, you know, at the end of the game. But I, you know, all, all the credit to the offense with Bryce Frick and Felder and Maddox and Tyler Gazanfari and the offensive line with DeMarco and, and Brandon Strout, this defense really showed what they're going to be like in the playoffs against a coy, in my opinion.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, that's, it's the definition of flipping the switch. Cause you know, when you go from one extreme to the other, because the defense, you know, started in the middle of the season, they started to really show what they're kind of what they're, what they're doing now. You know, they started to really frustrate teams and opponent, you know, opponent, opponents that they were faced up against, but then they went through a couple of shootouts there and then you're like, ah, is this the, I know they had, you know, they're they battling injuries. It's kind of like, mm-hmm. are they kind of reverting back to, you know, you know last year's defense, which was which had struggles of you know, you know closing lanes and just it looked like you know every time they ran the ball or threw the ball it was like chunk plays seven yards, eight yep. yards, and so it was like you know then you have the bye week you can kind of reassess and now they've, I mean they truly did they come back and they're they're they look like they a, total, a totally different totally different but in in some ways not the, it's the same defense that you saw earlier but it's like where'd it go and now it's now it's back and I mean. And they they're flying around. I mean, they're 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 popping. The pads are popping. Mm-hmm. It's just I mean, it is truly I mean, it's really fun to watch. So like you can see the the speed when you're down in the field and it's just, it, you know, it maybe, it, you know, it wasn't quite there for a couple of weeks. And now they, they've recaptured it in, in a big way. Yeah.
1: And one of the things you talk about the defense, they're doing it on, on both sides. What I mean, by both sides, I'm talking about the linebackers and defensive line getting pressure on the quarterback and the backs. Mm-hmm. But, you know me, I love the secondary. Kirill Carter and Elijah Luckett I've told you, those are two fun players I've just enjoyed watching. And it was like, one of the things I found a little amusing was that Takoy said, okay, fine, we're not going to test, you know, their corners that much on the, on the outside. They try to come over the middle, and I know you were there. Kirill Carter had some beautiful pass break- breakups over the middle, just stayed with his guy. I mean, it was fantastic. And then you got Elijah Luckett saying, you know, I think I want to finish with one more interception. Why not? You know, (laughs) and he puts it up there. But the other thing too, was that Kate Papineau also played very well in the secondary because there was that real long play that he and um, Kareel was able to shut down. But I guess what I'm saying there, it seems like, you know, as they're going to host this, this first round in the uh, quarterfinals with Niceville, uh, you know, I'm liking how the secondary can match up against the passing attack from Niceville.
0: I do too. Yeah. I mean, those guys, when they're on, like you said it's like it's like glue you know it's like they've got glue on their jersey it's like they're they're oh, just some, sticking yeah. to the guy and yeah it's i mean it's almost like you know there's no separation at all and as a quarterback it's got to be frustrating cuz you're like just give me a little bit of a little bit of a window to throw in come on i mean you know so i mean and, and they're like they're there they're they're reaching around to you know not getting a penalty but reaching around and knocking balls down for pass defense it's just their technique Is just spot on. It's, it's, uh, you don't see a lot of that until college, Anthony. I mean, I was, I I know the
1: one that Kareel had was sick. I mean, he's, he, I mean, it was like, I think he had one or two where he got his hand in there at just the right time. And I'm sitting there going, that's a college play right there.
0: Yeah, exactly. These are guys that just, they know their position. You know, it's like, and you don't see that, that type of like work of, you know, a player's like working on their craft and all that at the high school level necessarily. And it's pretty special. You know, you recognize it when you see it.
1: So, you know, against Pontevedra, we have Bryce Frick has the story moment there, you know, going back and getting the victory and he was a quarterback there. Now, I don't I don't know. Did you did you happen to realize Cam Smith in the game at all against Takoy? Did you happen <laughs> to see him at all? I don't know. Yeah, just just a little just, bit. Just a little, like five a touchdowns, to slash, maybe. You know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> you know and, and KJ, hopefully he'll be OK because KJ was running real well, too. And then he had that hamstring. You could see him pull up on that one play. But um, I was so happy for Cam this game. Senior night, what he's gone through with injuries, how much he's put into this program, to come out with five touchdowns. And, I mean, some of his runs were beautiful, Anthony. I mean, it was like, I think on one of the ones down, I think it was the second one down the left side if you saw it, he had like four or five missed tackles on that. And he stayed Mm -hmm. in in, in balance. I mean, he's looking like he's 100%. And, -hmm. again, I think the running game with KJ and Cam is going to be pretty fun to watch against Niceville.
0: Yeah, that was – it was a routine, like, you know, like 100%. That's, you know, a cam game, you know, where he's, like, making guys miss in the open field and just, like, you know, basically looking like a video game at times, you know, like he's got a – you know, it's like a joystick and you're, like, just spinning around and, you know, making guys miss and turning on the afterburners. I mean, and then, you know, you have a fourth touchdown and then, you know, he caught one as well, so he's got five touchdowns. Just, I you know, one heck of a senior night. That's That's the way you dream, you know, as a kid – you know, growing up, you know, just starting the game, you're thinking, oh, one day I'm going to finish my high school career. It's going to be special. I mean, that's that's how you make it special. You score five touchdowns. <laughs> I,
1: mean, I mean, it seems like it's like a storybook for all the seniors. You look at yeah, DeMarco, you look at Bryce, you look at, I mean, it just seems like a storybook. And then they get their first district title since 2017. Yeah. And now, yeah, yeah. or since 2007. And then, you know, also to mention, Colin Drask gets, you know, coach of the week by one of the... The uh, media outlets, publications here <clears throat> in Florida, which was fantastic for him. But um, what do you? One of the things I did notice Takuoi did, and I want to get your opinion on this with Niceville. They had a lot of they had a lot of man to man on on Maddox, and when they did that, it seemed like it opened it up a little bit more for Braden Felder and also Tyler Gazmifari had a big uh, catch there for a first down, I believe it was. And <clears throat> what I wanted to ask you was, do you see Niceville with their defense continuing to try to go? man-to-man man, man up on on maddox but then if they do that because i know that Maddox didn't get free a lot because of you know some i, I thought there were some holding penalties there but i'm not going to say they am not going to criticize but do you think niceville is going to try to go and try to double team him or do you think they might actually say hey let's see if we can square up directly with them one-on-one
0: yeah that's a that's a good question and i You know, I mean, that's the question that a lot of defense coordinators have had to ask themselves. And I'm sure they're going to, you know, they go to sleep the night before the game, still wondering and thinking, Am I making the right choice? You know, should I change it up? Should we, you know, should we do a little bit of both? You know, kind of play like a kind of a hybrid, like man at times, you know, combo at times. You know, I mean, really, it's just the type of player Maddox is that puts you in that situation where it's like, Either way, he's he, he's going to burn you eventually. But either way, you can also defend it at times, but then you open it up for the other guys. I, I really, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see what Niceville does because, I mean, Maddox has kind of shown he can he can find ways to get open no matter how you defend him. Uh, and then, you know, the other guys have shown that they're ready for however you defend because you know, they can catch the ball and, and you know, run sharp routes and break tackles as well. So it's, it's, a, it's a pretty good situation to be in for an nice offense because you know, you're keeping defensive coordinators up at night.
1: <laughs> it also seems one one last question I want to talk to you before we talk, talk about the games um, and our predictions. But one thing I want to ask you about is that since the orange park game, when Bryce came in as the starter, um, it seems like <clears throat> coach straps has been able to really implement his playbook as an offensive coordinator. And he, I, I think he is, one of the top, if not the top, offensive coordinator call, play callers in uh, the area. My question for you, though, is when you look at from the Orange Park game with Bryce and then you see DeMarco come back, it seems like the offenses stepped it up each week. They've been able to implement a little bit more a draft game plan. They've been getting more confident with each other. Like I said, DeMarco coming back, the offensive line gets the extra punch. They start spreading the ball out to different receivers do you think that that's a dangerous thing for a team playing nice now? Because as they've been growing and you watch film on them and they're not in a single set and they're adding all kinds of razzle dazzle and catch you off guard. Is that a benefit for this Nice team right now going to the playoffs? I know it sounds like a crazy question, but I got to ask it because it just seems like they're different each week. They're getting better and better and better.
0: Oh yeah. And drafts is becoming more comfortable. Like, you know, he trusting, you know, his guys to be able to open up the playbook and okay, I can, I can turn to sheet 10, you know, like, yeah. and like really, really dig deep, really like extend, extend the way we play our offense, you know, because I mean, they've got four, you know, it's it's a very like veteran group in certain spots. Um, you've got, you know, the leadership there, you've got like Cam and Rice and you've got four seniors on the offensive line, uh-huh. four of the five. Yeah. So they, they've been playing together for a while. And that's one of those units where like, you, you know what the guy and trust what the guy next to you is doing. And he knows what you're doing because you've been playing together for so long. I mean, that's where it all starts is the offensive line. Uh, every play kind of stems off of that, so it's it's just like it's a chain a chain effect. You know, and then you got young guys like you know Braden stepping up and uh-huh. KJ coming on, developing as the year goes. I mean, so that these pieces are just developing to go on with the leadership that you've already had there. And yeah, it's it's I think you know, Caps is probably he's, his toolbox is is pretty is growing in size. You know, he's gaining compartments and all as he's gone. So, I mean, he's he's got to have. I mean, his eyes are like wide open, and smiling because. Yeah, I mean, that's an offensive coordinator's dream, you know? Yeah,
1: and I, and I think the trenches, you kind of hit on with the offensive line. I think the trenches are going to be key as we shift into talking about the, the, the postseason. But when they go up against Niceville, I think the key for the Panthers is going to be the trenches. And I mean both the defensive and the offensive side. Because, you know, you hear us talk about DeMarco Blackman, but Brandon Stout has had a fantastic season too. There's many times he's mm-hmm. just been like telling the defensive lineman, hey, just sit down, right? And then on the defensive side, you got Big Mo over there on one end. you got Noah Hillier on the other end wreaking havoc. And then, of course, you've got, you know, we've talked about Noah Hodge, Jacob Curry, and all the other rest of the defense. But it really seems if knees can control the line of scrimmage, and it's so cliche, I know, but in this game especially, and get pressure on the Niceville quarterback on the defensive side, they stand a good chance to win this game
0: oh yeah I think, in my opinion uh, in my
1: opinion i don't want to put words in your mouth that's my opinion oh
0: no, yeah. yeah no I, I mean i i agree as well because i was looking at you know niceville and they they've they've got a you know a heck of an offense yes you know, they, they do they put up they a lot of up, points up, this year yeah they've scored over 60 in three yeah. games i mean yeah. so and those aren't against you know those are pretty good teams they've beaten they i think they scored 60 against a seven and three Navarre team and a six and four leon team you know those are like those are playoff or edge playoff teams so i mean it's not like they're you know, doing this against two win teams so they can they can move the ball but but yeah, I mean, like with any, any any team, any level, if you start pressuring the quarterback and you kinda get in his his headspace a little bit where you're like you have him thinking about who's rushing me next instead of like looking at his receivers and trying to read the field and you get him to lower his eyes and worry about more about you know what's coming at him instead of where he's going with it. I mean that that plays a role. And I think, you know, Nice's pressure in the backfield is has really stepped up in recent weeks and you pressure any quarterback I mean, it's you know, yeah, it's a recipe. That's the the yeah. the first step in, in a good recipe for success.
1: Yeah. And if they don't give up the big plays, and I kind of think if the defense does what the Creekside defense did to Ponavich where they're able to kind of disrupt their offensive flow, and in my opinion, I agree because they've been I looked and they they've been putting up phenomenal points. But if this um the way the offense has been going is the defense can come out and hold Niceville to twenty four twenty seven points, I like Nisa's chances in this. And plus, let's not forget. Niceville's driving almost five. What is it? Five hours, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Five Probably and a half, half hours. Yeah, half. yeah, yeah.
0: About f- about a, five a, hours. Yeah, yeah. It's a trip. And, I mean, and you also, you know, you're going through time zones. I mean, yep. so it's a it's a tough trip either way, whether you're east going west or west, you know, panhandle coming east. So you want to be you want to be the, the the home team in that scenario. Absolutely, and it, it's been that way for years, and it's still the case.
1: So let's see. Nice will play number two, Niceville. That's uh, this Friday night, and then they will play the winner. Of Bartram and Navarre Navarre's about five, five and a half hours away, so I guess we kind of hope for a Bartram victory there, maybe so we don 't have to drive five and a half hours so we can keep everything <laughs> at home uh, for yeah, the panthers, yeah. but you know and now we go over to Pontevedra, and I, I really like how Creekside played Pontevedra. Congratulations on their win. I just there 's a part of me Anthony that i don 't see them doing it two weeks in a row because now Pontevedra has the film they studied to, for the game they lost, and now they got the film of the game they actually lost, or I should say the film leading up. But either way, they've got a lot of film on them. So there's Creekside. I understand that. But I think the defense, just knowing some of the guys over there, I think they're hungry. I think they're pissed off. And I just also think that Brian Case is going to have a a big night, and I think it's going to open up uh, Cole Madsen, Landon Oakland, the other receivers for Ponte And I see Ponte coming away with a victory at the tank.
0: Yeah, I I kind of see the same thing. I mean, I I just don't. I I've watched, you know, we watched you know Panavija all year, and yeah. I just I don't see this. This isn't a Panavija team that loses three in a row. You know, no. I mean, I, they're just not. They don't have that, you know, the makeup to do that. I think they're going to mentally bounce back and be like, we're. I mean, we've lost both games the last couple of weeks. You know, we were in, but they were in both games. They could be, you know, could have won both. You know, so I mean, they know that you know they're. It's not like they're getting blown out. They're in these games. They just it's just one play here or there, and I think they're just you know they're, they're not used to this losing this year so like they're they're i think they're going to be uh, fed up and make sure we make those plays let's lock in and focus all the uh-huh. way through and and let's um you know let's move on to the second round
1: now the winner of that game is going to either travel to beholtz if they win in their game against mosley who's the eighth seed or they will host if is able to pull up a huge upset against Buholtz. the Buholtz team's good man they yeah, they are yeah. good but anyways, I think we're having some great playoffs. So are you going to do double duty again this weekend?
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, double yeah. duty. Um, yeah, checking checking out some, some fun playoff action at both the, the Shark Tank and the Panther Den. So.
1: Well, listen, good luck to both teams um, across the area. Also, just a quick reminder, be sure to check out the Palm Valley Bobcats for their fundraiser for Lily Strohmeyer over at Hybrid. That is on November 19th. So you can check out their social media, PVA Bobcat Cheerleading and they're on, uh, I think they're on Facebook as well as Instagram. They have all the information there that goes to a good cause as well as our St. John's middle school playoffs get kicked off this Wednesday. Anthony, thanks again for joining us. And as always, if you want to get the latest and you want to get some great updates, check them out on X formerly known as Twitter, a N T N Y rich. That's a N T N Y rich. And also his great articles over at the Pontevedra recorder. So thanks again for joining tonight, Anthony.
0: Thanks for having me, Todd. It's always a pleasure.
1: And as always, thank you for listening. Please like and subscribe. And we will talk to you after this weekend's playoffs. Remember, the game is at Nice and Ponte and tickets are available on GoFan. For Anthony Richards, I'm the Todd, and you have been listening to the 32081 Scoreboard Show. Thank you for listening to the 32081. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. I love the show, guys. You're awesome. Please don't forget to subscribe to the show so you can join us for the next episode. I never miss an episode. It's the best.
0: Until next time, take care.